This episode originally aired on July 29th, 2022 on the Unethical Patreon. Our client today was comedian Ben Park. For every episode before we start recording, send out the meeting link, but with like six characters missing. And real fans have to go through and try and find what the characters are and see if they can connect using the link. And if they make it in, they can just watch it. How's it going today, Dex? I need uh, <clears throat> some confirmation. My sister moved out to BC, so I did some research out in BC, and uh, some guy claimed that he was abducted by an alien. Uh, Granger Taylor, I don't know what happened to him. He just went missing, and if, allegedly it was a UFO. Hmm. Then, you guys ever hear of Granger Taylor? Ricky and RJ? I, uh, my brain automatically filters out alien stuff just because I'm... Uh... I'm already of the mind that it's fake and bullshit, but yeah. I'm I'm opening it now for this one specific time only. <laughs> so no, Rick, are you gonna take lead on this one? You know anything about Granger Taylor? I don't, but I'm I'm a little confused. Did he say that this person is his sister? No, my sister moved to BC, and I was doing some research about BC and the area, and I oh, ran gotcha. into this Granger Taylor Granger Taylor case. So you're trying to get her abducted then, or? Yeah, is this why you want to figure this out? Because that's actually extra on our price list. No, no, no. I just want her to be safe. I just want her to be safe. Okay. Yeah, that's alien fine. extortion is a little bit is a little bit pricier for us, but we can yeah. definitely look into it. If it's on the price list, I got my Tim cards. Okay. I have no idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't have a single clue what that means. Is that like our food stamps? An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Like maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Margie and Rick are from America. They probably don't even know what BC means. No, I picked up on that one. I, the, uh, before Christ. Before yeah, Christ. You're, right. you're it. correct. 100%. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, uh, I knew that. That's where it's uh, Van- Vancouver before Christ. That's correct. Right? Yes, yes. That's correct. Cool. Vancouver yeah. before Christ. Well, fuck. Guess what? I already know everything about this. I'll fucking solve it. We got Thanks, this. Richard. We could take this one for you. I wanted to do an alien one for a while because I like the alien ones. They're funny. And this one here intrigued me. It's in Canada. It's a Canadian case. Granger Taylor was born on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. On October 7th, 1948, I even wrote here, BC is British Columbia, and it's a province of Canada. Whenever I hear Americans talk about cities, it's always like, oh, Birmingham, Alabama, or like Minneapolis, Minnesota, when it's an American city. But if it's a Canadian city, it's like Toronto, Canada. You're like, yeah, Toronto's in Ontario, fuckheads. We have, we have states, they're called provinces, okay? Well... If you have states called provinces, you don't really have states. <laughs> you have provinces. <laughs> we have provinces. You're correct. But my point is, it's yeah. our country's way bigger than yours, like huge. And you guys like just lump it in Canada. <laughs> it's changing to be called be called districts, sort of like they do in like Hunger Games. That'd be cool. <laughs> you know what? I'd move. Like, actually, it's a very dystopian sounding way to split up geographical areas we also have territories in our country Ooh, territories is a good one too that sounds like people are fighting at the borders yeah exactly so in in british columbia vancouver ontario whatever the the string is and i say you that fuck that total... up you fucked that up you forgot to say canada at the end. yeah sorry canada <laughs> you guys have like 
like bomb authentic tacos or like really good street hot dogs because that's generally how I navigate through which cities I've been to in America based on like what authentic or very unhealthy food I buy off the street. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like in Quebec, they have poutine. You know what poutine is? Yeah, but that isn't that. Didn't you guys just like drizzle that over all of Canada? Well, there's all sorts of, Quebec is the place. It's, you can get a fucking hot dogs everywhere, but there's good hot dogs. You just finished saying. That, I will I will take a stand against that. There's no such thing as a good hot dog. <laughs> have you ever been, have you ever been in Nashville? Nashville? No. Yeah. Why do they like? They have bomb fucking hot dogs. I'm telling you. <laughs> But a hot dog, like you're talking, they put like shit on the hot dog in Nashville. You can get it however you want. You can get it straight okay, up. Okay, but it, but is it good because of the shit they put on it? It's good because it's good fucking hot dog. And there's the meat. He's asking, is it good meat? I, that doesn't exist. It's a fucking hot dog. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quality. It's quality meat. Yeah. No, that's an oxymoron. All right, we can move on. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's it's not an oxymoron. The hot dog is just scraps. Not always. Not always. Not all, they're putting fucking USDA grade A beef into the fucking blender to make a hot dog. Nashville, they're putting failed country music stars. <laughs> that's what they're doing in Nashville. Not just failed, also successful. Although the successful bit... ones are are still playing. It's the failed ones that just disappeared one day into the hot dog. Well, they think, listen, country music, <laughs> the old country music stars that are tasting so fucking good. Is all I'm going to say. Yeah, there's, there's foods. I don't know, though. Like, anyways, we're far off track. At a young age, Granger's father drowned in an accident near the family cabin on the nearby Horn Lake. Granger was only a toddler when this happened. He was less than two years old. Granger's mother, Grace, remarried uh, a widower. His name was Jim Taylor. Jim already had some kids of his own. Granger and his mother moved in with Jim in their new family farm. Uh, their family was mixed. It was huge. He had three brothers, four sisters. Some were step, some were full, some were half. They, like I said, they were in a farm. It was 21 acres. It was beside the wooded Sominos Lake. Sominos? I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that wrong. Just outside the small town of Duncan. Granger was the biggest of the boys. So he got his own room, which they, they were very adamant and showing on the documentary. They were like, look at his room. He got his own, <laughs> which I found was a little weird. Like, okay. But anyways, he lived there. He lived at his parents' house until his disappearance when he was 32 years old. So he lived there for most of his life. Duncan is a logging and fishing town with just under 5,000 people. Granger was kind of an oddball. He didn't fit in always considered the weird one in class but despite being the odd duck no one could deny that he was a mechanical genius even at a small age or a young age not a small age his acumen for mechanics was noticed by his parents jim and grace at an early age uh, instead of playing with his toys granger would just take his toys apart and put them back together that was his way of playing with the toys and like springs out like the whole thing they could they were shocked that he could do it even like four or five years old I call bullshit. Okay. Well, like, what what toys are we talking about here? Like, complex, like... No, not really, but just that's... Like, break a fucking Elmo or Hello uh, Elmo in half and, like, pull the spring out? Or, like, they gave him, like, screwdrivers and shit? I was thinking more like they just neglected to mention his only toys were two pieces of Lego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's but, I all mean, he had in his house. At a young age, it would be stuff like that, like taking the wheels off of a car and putting them back on. As he got older, though, it would be more complex, requiring tools and pulling stuff actually fully apart. Being the socially awkward kid that he was, instead of being out and about playing with his friends, Granger would spend most of his time in his room 
tinkering. Granger didn't make it through too much of school. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade, telling his parents that he'd learned all he was going to learn at school. In eighth grade, I think you're 13 or 14, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So he quickly got a job as a mechanic assistant. And he did that for about a year before he thought to himself, he's 14 or 13. I'm not sure of the exact age. He thinks to himself, you know what? I have enough skills. I can just do this on my, my own. Uh, <laughs> Granger had social problems and that always helped him back. He worked better by himself, uh, is what he said. Having a boss just didn't suit Granger's personality type. So Granger set up shop in his parents' backyard and remained self-employed for the rest of his life. He was 14. He would get hired as a mechanic for both small and large equipment and the occasional welding job. Also at the age of 14, Granger built himself a single cylinder automobile from scraps he found around Duncan and in his parents' field. I guess there was an old car out there and he dragged it in and fixed it up himself at 14. At 17, there's a story that he fixed a bulldozer that many other mechanics had given up on as dead. Um, this is all before he's 20 years old. I, I just think this is, uh, you guys are saying like, I've called bullshit. I don't know, man. This is pretty crazy. Fixing that car alone, fixing all the modern stuff to you at the time, the bulldozer. In 1969, a 21-year-old Granger plowed trail through over just under a kilometer, half a mile of dense forest to get to a derelict locomotive that had been abandoned there during the Great Depression. During World War II, many of the parts from the now rusted out train were already scavenged. What was left was the train's husk, and it even had just tr the trees growing through it and shit like that. Granger pulled out the engine, dragged it to his parents' house. Granger eventually restored the locomotive to its pre-depression glory. He did this in less than two years. Granger laid tracks around his parents' garden and began taking the neighborhood children for rides on the old train. And there's a bunch of funny pictures. If you look up Granger Taylor, you can see him on his little train with all the kids to tooting around his parents' house. That's a long way to go to commit child molestation. Okay. I think I mean, uh, I, as soon as I said it, I was like, there's going to be someone calling him a molester. You never know. The kids did love him. They, they was, we'll see later on, but he gathered a lot of Richard, children. that's no excuse. They can't consent. How dare you try to defend a child molester? I just laying out the facts here, buddy. He might be a child molester. He might not. I don't think so. You fucking alt-right people. <laughs> getting called alt-right now. Perfect. <laughs> uh, the old locomotive wasn't the first scrap that Granger had collected. Over time, the Granger farmhouse was nicknamed Sleepy Hollow Museum because of all the broken down cars and engines that were strewn everywhere. Another part of Sleepy Hollow Museum was Granger's workshop. He was becoming somewhat of a local celebrity. The BC government, British Columbia, the before Christ government bought the refurbished train and the single cylinder car off Granger. The actually, actually the train is still on display in the before Christ forest discovery center. By the time Granger reached adulthood, he was a big guy. He was six foot three, 240 pounds. That's pretty big. I weigh 225 pounds, but I'm only five foot nine. So figure that out. Uh, I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's another one solved <laughs> there's a lot of uh videos out there there's uh sorry there's family photos of granger wrestling and throwing around his little friends and cousins and stuff like that uh but despite 
the the photos and stuff in his size it didn't actually match his personality from the way people spoke of him he was like i said up top a bit weird more of a shy keep himself kind of guy uh, a do my own thing kind of guy but with his local fame and locomotive running all sorts of local children and teenagers used to look up to granger and come by to watch him work some would even help in his endeavors the first young man who Granger took under his wing was a 16-year-old kid named Robert Keller. Keller's parents had divorced, and he was living with his dad. Keller, in the Spaceman, the CBC documentary Spaceman, says that he was acting up and getting into a lot of trouble, but Granger took him in and told his dad that he would keep an eye on his son. Keller stressed a lot, he's like a 60-year-old man now, that he really looked up to Granger but he called him an eccentric genius by the end there were nearly 30 kids who were hanging out at granger's house because keller says it was like going to a science museum every day End quote. and he gave out free juice <laughs> we get really tired your theory is about to sound a lot creepier when i get a little bit further into this it was called sleepy hollow really because <laughs> of all the hypnol he gave the kids and what he did to their souls the way he'd hollow them out when he molested them that was a little too specific, man. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. What I, well, to you? look. Do you want this mystery solved or not? <laughs> Continue. Show me on the fucking bad spaceman where the bad spaceman touched you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. On New Year's Eve, 1969, something strange happened in the town of Duncan, not far from Granger's house, at the Cowichan District Hospital. Four nurses working night shift claim to have seen a silent, brilliantly lit flying saucer hovering outside a window about three stories off the ground. Doreen Kendall, the first nurse claiming to have seen the object, said that through the flying object's transparent windshield, she saw two humanoid pilots standing at the craft's cockpit. I say that's presumptuous. How do you know that's a cockpit? And that's not some like pleasure dome place that voyeurs go to. Like, what do you know about alien spaceships? But hey, she saw an alien. Other Duncan residents claim to have seen the lights that night, including teachers and a Royal Canadian Naval Air Service pilot. Lots of people ended up seeing aliens over the next couple of days. Uh, this, this is one of the biggest UFO flaps in Canada at the time, and it was known well enough within the UFO community. Do we remember what flaps are? UFO flaps. No, is that on the Christmas one? You? Yeah. That's a specific thing? Yeah. I thought you were just kind of using a random word to describe something else that was random. No, flaps are a grouping of sightings of uh, UFOs. So like uh, multiple sightings around the same time. I don't like that when crows hang out, we call it a murder, but we gave the like seemingly innocent word to UFO sightings. A flap? Yeah. Well... Hmm. I bet you there's been more murders from crows than aliens because aliens don't exist. That's a very good point. <laughs> the, fact that RJ jumped, the fact that RJ jumped so quickly so many times to say that aliens don't exist is throwing me off because it, he, he knows something. And I don't know what it I is. Knows. Yeah, aliens aren't fucking real. That's the great secret, pal. <laughs> I don't know if he is an alien living in a human body or if he's had like some no-no time in a closet with someone from another dimension or someone from another universe. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how dare you pull my trans-dimensional trauma into this? 
That's what I'm here for. All right. There's only one way to get to the bottom of this. That is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Get to the bottom, sir. Now you're just being offensive. I'm finally understanding this whole trans issue. All right. <laughs> <laughs> for the next bunch of months, flying saucers were the talk of Duncan and surrounding areas. With all the UFO hype, it seems Granger got interested in flight and the mechanics of planes. So Granger got his pilot's license and restore, restored an old World War II P-40 Kitty Hawk. Granger had found a piece of fuselage and some landing gear and an engine, all derelict, in the bush and decided he was going to restore them. Uh, the piece of fuselage, apparently, uh, he, that he found had a bunch of ha axe hacks through it. Like somebody was hacking it with an axe. Didn't care. Granger said, fuck, I can buff that right out. Only using photos of a real Kitty Hawk and using the steel he found in the woods and at the scrapyard, stuff like old water heaters and repurposing metal signs, he rebuilt that Kitty Hawk to a state that made it look like the original plane. Uh, I don't think Granger ever flew it, but it was close enough to, to flyable because it was bought for $20,000 by a collector in the U.S. This is 1969. By the late 70s, Star Wars had hit theaters, and this coupled with the UFO flap is when his interest in space became a major interest in space. There was lots of sci-fi out at the time. I shouldn't just say Star Wars. Like, there's fucking... It was a huge subject in the 70s. Like, Star Trek was out. Roswell just happened. Space Race just concluded. Not to mention all the shit happening around him in Duncan. Uh, UFOs and aliens were a big thing in the 70s. Granger got thinking, maybe... I'm going to learn how to make a spaceship. He already mastered planes, trains, and automobiles. How hard can flying saucer propulsion be? Can't be hard at all. Not for Granger. Okay. Now, I also, just for full disclosure, uh, in one of the articles I read, Granger was also getting into drugs at this time. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely smoking weed uh, for sure. A high socially awkward genius gathers his 30 kids and tells them they're going to build a spaceship. He, with the help of the kids, built a retro futuristic flying saucer shaped spaceship, quote, out in his parents' backyard out of scrap metal and satellite dishes. The UFO, quote unquote, was on stilts and had an aluminum ramp getting into it. The inside had a couch and a wood stove. And end up being a home away from home for the weird and mechanically inclined man. The UFO wasn't meant for flying. It was more of a hangout. Granger's UFO interests quickly turned into an obsession. The hangout UFO sometimes also acted as an office. And throughout 1979 and 1980, Granger spent most of his time studying UFOs, quote, studying, and how they could move through space. Uh, he collected books on ufology, ufology and learned as much as he could about spacecrafts from the accounts and said books. During his research in his makeshift office UFO, his friend Keller claims that Granger told him he was in contact with aliens. Granger had built a radio type thing to communicate with the aliens. Keller thought that was crazy. Granger told him it doesn't actually work. They just uh, communicate with me telepathically. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um a lot of time and invested into this engineering buildup for telepathy, but all right. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with an early guess and just lean hard into uh, psychopathic pedophile. 
Because, like, what if, it, like, he, he was just he wouldn't stop talking about UFOs, but, like, but, like, he was defining it as, like, underage fuck objects. And everyone's like, <laughs> they're just hearing UFO. <laughs> underage fuck objects that's terrible and awesome <laughs> he's like yeah dude i just love ufos <laughs> they're like that's cool man yeah i, I dabble in that too you like, want to come I up think... to my spaceship and show me that ufo <laughs> <laughs> wait what year was this 1975 to 80 like all okay so we're in the mk ultra timeline so keller goes to Granger, his good friend, his older gentleman friend, uh, as we're going to call them now. Why did the aliens pick you? And Granger told Keller that it was because of his willingness to communicate. So as long as if you just get it in your heart that you want to talk to aliens, you can talk to aliens, man. Granger told Keller that the aliens claimed they were from outside the Milky Way. Keller claims that Granger asked the aliens how their ships were powered. Quote, the only thing they would tell him is that it was something to do with magnets, end quote. Hmm. In June 1980, Granger writes a will. And after he wrote the will, by hand, he changed the word death, scraped it out, to departure, and scraped out the word funeral completely. And whatever happened here, Granger knew it was going to happen. All right. October 1980, Granger told his buddy Keller and another one of his little friends, Bob Nielsen, that the aliens were going to come take him in the documentary spaceman, a neighbor Hilda de Graff also said that Granger told her aliens were coming to get him. Hilda claims he was so happy because the aliens had chosen him for something so momentous. The aliens were just waiting for a rainy night to come get him. So the earth authorities couldn't detect their spaceship coming. They needed cover of, storm on friday november 28th 1980 in the evening granger entered his parents room to speak with jim grace was out of town in hawaii for the first holiday she had had in years which i kind of find weird that she just went to hawaii by herself you know i'm just going to hawaii maybe it was both a bunch of friends i didn't really look into that much but i i thought that was odd that jim didn't go or none of the kids but anyways while speaking with jim Granger expressed to him the gratitude he had for all he had done for his mom and for him over the years. Jim looked at Granger thinking, this is peculiar. Then he also looked at Granger and went, well, Granger's peculiar. So he didn't say anything about it. The next day on Saturday, November 29th, 1980, was called the storm of the century for that area. There was thunder and lightning. It was pouring rain and the winds were so bad that it uprooted trees. And remember when Granger said aliens would come get him on a stormy night so he'd cover the general population? Today is the day, guys. Granger gets out a pen and a pad of paper and writes a note. The note says, quote, Dear mother and father, I've gone away aboard an alien spaceship. As reoccurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. <laughs> I'm leaving behind all my possessions to you as I will no longer will require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Then he takes the note and he sticks it to his parents' door. On the back of the note was a hand-drawn map, which some have claimed was a map to the nearby Waterloo Mountain. I've never seen the backside of that paper. I've only seen the front. 
So I don't know what was on the back. Uh, around 6 p.m., Granger went to the local diner, Bob's Grill, his favorite spot, to say his goodbyes and told everyone he's going to space. It's today, guys. People thought he was crazy, obviously. Uh, he's wearing a brown knitted sweater with a black T-shirt underneath, jeans, and some jogger boots. I don't know what a jogger boot is. I tried to figure that out, but that's what he was wearing. It's Canada in December or in November, so it's cold. He probably... Uh, the only reason the waitress or anybody remembers him even showing up is because he was dressed like that. He paid his bill, left around 6.30 with, I imagine, anyone he spoke with laughing at him as he left. The last place he went was to visit his 16-year-old best friend, Robert Keller, or 15 or however old he is. Robert Keller wanted to go with him. Granger said to his friend he couldn't go because he had too much to stay for. Hilda de Graff, the neighbor from earlier, Granger told he was going to go to Space Trip, said that the night Granger disappeared, her and her husband heard a big bang as they were enjoying their evening coffee out on the veranda. Hilda thinks it was a spaceship coming and getting Granger. The next day, Jim noticed that Granger was missing, and he also noticed the note. Jim contacted the RCMP. Do you guys know what the RCMP is? Those are your Mounties, right? Correct. I like Fuck that. Yeah. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Nowadays, it's just basically like the FBI of Canada. Yeah, well, of Canada, it's like the great value version of anything. It's like not the good version. I get it. Well, ch- child molestation, <laughs> FBI equivalent, that all tracks. Yeah, since they're in the middle of nowhere, they don't have any like city police, so they have to go to like the state police, which would be the R- or the that would be the federal police, I guess, the RCMP. So they come help look for his son. The RCMP Granger's brothers and stepfather went out looking for Granger. They looked for him at hospitals, in parking lots down back roads, anywhere they could think Granger may have been, uh, places that he frequented in his spaceship, nothing, he's nowhere. And after months of searching, the police or Granger's family hadn't found any trace of Granger or his Datsun truck. The family remained hopeful that he would come back, like the note said, 42 months, and he'll be back from his trip. 42 months came and went, And on November 30th, 1983, the date Granger was supposed to return, his brother Douglas was in the Coast Guard. And that night, he said he sat on the deck to look up into the sky, hoping that a UFO would come down and drop off Granger. Needless to say, the ship never came. In April 1986, a municipal road crew finds a blast site on the roads going up to Mount Prevost. Nearby is a blue Datsun pickup, like Granger used to drive. The blast site was several meters by several meters wide, with debris being launched hundreds of feet from the actual site. Lots of truck parts found and a wheel blown into a tree. There's actually photos of the wheel smashed into the tree, which is cool. Uh, A day later, a couple of bones were found. One with a crack, and they don't say how big these bones are. I'm imagining like bone shards, like nothing too big. But they said a couple of bones were found. One had a crack in it, which indicated trauma. There wasn't any DNA testing because DNA testing was in its infancy. And conveniently enough, the bones have since been lost. So we can't do any DNA testing now. Everyone just figured the bone was Granger's and he had committed suicide. They also said that they found a piece of sweater. Uh, up there and Granger's mother 
Grace claimed that it was a part of a sweater that she had made for him, which I kind of find that a little hard to believe, but it'd have to be very specific for a little scrap of a sweater to be like, you know what I mean? Not to be a significant piece. It doesn't sound like that. It was apparently the brown one that she he was seen wearing by that waitress at Bob's Grill. Grace and Jim declared Granger is dead, yet they never got rid of his stuff or had any type of formal funeral for him. His little buddy Keller said that there was no way Granger had killed himself. He said that a week or so before, Granger told the kids that he needed to dispose of the truck so that people don't come looking for him. Explosives were much easier to attain back in those days. And according to Keller, Granger used to have boxes of dynamite to get rid of stumps and dig out trash from the bush. Maybe he took some of his dynamite just so that he could dispose of the truck before the aliens came to pick him up. Granger's parents never gave up on Granger. They kept his room the exact same way they had, that he'd left it before he'd gone. And after Granger's parents passed, his sister Grace Ann took over the farm and dismantled a bunch of Granger's things, including his UF office. UFO, UF office. Grace kept many of his things, and Granger left an impression that in the town that still resonates to this day. But that's all that's really left is legacy. Because he hasn't come back. Maybe one day Granger will return. Hmm. I have a question. Sure. Did Did you try to come up with that cute UFO office? I did. UFO office. Okay, cool. You, nice. Sick. You didn't like it? No, I did not like it. I just didn't know if that was like in some other text you'd read and we're bringing it in or... No, no, that's me. That's all me, baby. He was going to criticize it if you said that you read it from somewhere else, just to clarify. If that was unclear, Yeah, no, if that came from you, dude, beautiful. Well done. <laughs> Killed it. Is that the best you think I could do? No, of course not. Oh, you think it's bad then? You think I could do better? Oh, I yeah. think you could do better than that. <laughs> I like bad jokes. Yeah, so that's the story of our buddy Granger. There's a lot more that comes into with the theories, but I mean, that's our story of our buddy Granger. What do you think? Her pal Granger. Hmm. I know you think he's a raging fucking molester, but like I don't get that impression. Everyone in town loves him. Wait, was that everything? That's not. It's theories are still coming. It's not everything. Oh, okay. That's, that's okay. the story. Yeah. There must be a lot of fucking theories. Holy shit! You guys have any theory? I know your theory. RJ wants to bang the children, or banged children. I mean, yeah, not wants to successfully created an entire <laughs> fucking metal water tower in the woods to do it in. <laughs> okay. What about you, Ricky? You got anything off the top, or do you want me to keep going before you give your? I think I need you to keep going because I, I feel as lost as Granger at this point. I'll be honest. What do you think, there, Benny boy? I honestly think he might have just hotboxed himself with peyote and mushrooms and sat in the giant fucking boiler and uh, played with some dynamite when he shouldn't have. Well, there's there's that. There's always that. There's more. Why did that sound like the most Canadian answer that you could give? (laughs) It's such like a. I don't. I feel like I know nothing about Canada and just the way that was said. I was like, oh shit, that's probably. He's chilling out, man. Eating a poutine. In 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 British Columbia, before Christ, Vancouver, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Canada. (laughs) I'm glad I brought that up. So a couple. They're all wild theories. This is a wild, this is a fucking crazy story, but it's a crazy madman's raving story. I get it. But first crazy, craziest theory to least craziest. Let's start with, there's a theory, theory number one or theory. He fled to Columbia. Now there's a fringe theory out there that Granger that he says he faked his own death and moved to Columbia. Question. Yeah. 
Is child fucking legal in Colombia? <laughs> he wanted to go to like Thailand if that was the case, but I guess Colombia. Okay, then I, I continue. I, I don't, I can't find any more information. I just said that somebody just wrote, he went to Colombia. I'm like, why would he go to Colombia? Who's saying he's going to Colombia? Is there a reason he's going to Colombia? Does he just want, cause like, it doesn't even make sense. He, when he sold the, the plane, he had $20,000 sitting in the bank, 1980s money. Like why, if you're going to go to Columbia, you probably bring the 20 K with you. That probably let you last for a long time in Columbia. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really make hey, sense. Uh, follow-up statement. Age yeah. of consent in Columbia is a cool 14 <laughs> years old. So just throwing that out there. That's all. All right. So what he was looking for was a legal alien. Mm-hmm. Illegal, illegal alien. I got gotcha. you. That's the Columbia thing. I don't really see him faking his death to escape the country, to go to whatever country, unless it's for age of consent laws. So maybe, maybe you got that going for you, RJ. What if he did go to Columbia? He was in Columbia, British Columbia. And he does have multiple Columbias to pick from. He's got British Columbia, 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 and the District of. So. Oh, yeah, there's the American one, too. The District of Columbia. There's lots of Columbias out there. I'm going to go with next day on the Columbia or maybe like RJ has a point. Like if he's a molester and wants to molest elsewhere and not get in trouble, why not go to Columbia? But why in the giant boiler that he created in the woods? No, that was just an office. That was a place to hang out. Why would he do that there? Cause he had satellite. <laughs> is that what child molesters call it? An office? Just, this is my office. <laughs> this is where I do my filing. Oh. He need yeah he I mean he needed the extra space so he could write that off his taxes at the end of the year. Fair enough. His accountant is like, hey uh, Granger, what is uh, secret fuck pad? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to call it something different before we send this to the federal government. UF office. <laughs> yeah. UFO. It's it's good. <laughs> joke's good. Fuck you. <laughs> his secretary's saying we have to change at three o'clock and uh, finger it in at one. Uh. <laughs> All right, so the next theory is kind of the same along the same lines as faking his own death, but instead it's uh, recruited by a government agency. <laughs> Granger was so smart, they needed a piece of that, you know? But also the government's full of pedophiles, so maybe you're right there too. Maybe it's mm-hmm. that could be part of it. That's uh, right. He probably got into that secret cabal with Justin Trudeau and Hillary Clinton. And apparently Hunter Biden, or uh, what did they call him today? Pedo Pete? Is that what they've been calling uh, Joe Biden today? I don't know. Um, they, oh, they've been doing this other thing, which is super fucking gross. But they've been doing BLM flags, you know, like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. But then in small text underneath it, it says Biden loves minors. Which, like, in, inarguably, I, I do think Joe Biden is a fucking piece of shit. But, but aside from that, like, let's... Why is it they can't ever get their own thing? Like, why, why is their whole their whole sense of humor is just like, and then like just stand behind it and be like, "What? We think he's a pedophile." And it's like, yeah, but like you're openly saying I'm also racist. Like, well, you don't have to co-opt something else, make up your own thing. Yeah, like, I was just saying, I'm sure there's some variation on him being a pedophile. You no, know, they, they somebody leaked all of Hunter Biden's iCloud yesterday on 4chan and really yeah and Hunter oh Biden- that's right i did see a video of him arguing with a hooker while he was weighing his crack yeah you're correct that did happen <laughs> and listen hunter biden knows his fucking numbers the hooker said it was 20.6 grams he knew it was 20.7 yeah it was like over a point <laughs> they also had like 
in his contacts, Hunter calls his dad Pedo Pete. Like that's his contact name, his screen name. I'm telling you, go look it up. It's fucked up. It's some fucked up. Yeah, shit. goddamn, that's wild. Like, and man, that's so disappointing. Wouldn't shock me if he was smashing the kids and rich people are fucked. So, all right. So the next theory is entitled by myself, RJ. I didn't take this from anywhere else. Acid trips. Now it's not really hard to leap for me to write that, uh, but I did, and I didn't copy it from anywhere. Okay. Uh, in the mid seventies, Jim Taylor, Granger's dad, uh, was getting old and he needed help around the farm. So he hired a Danish man to help him work it. I don't know who the fucking Danish guy. I don't know what the Danish guy's name is. I tried to figure out the guy's name. I don't know his name. They just call him a Danish man. Jim gave the Danish guy a room, which was actually a little cabin they had on the other side of the property near the lake. And the Danish guy was apparently a bad influence on Granger. Many people claim that the Danish man introduced Granger to acid. By the end of the 70s, the brothers and sisters that were in the CBC documentary Spaceman said that Granger was very drugged out. Keller said that Granger never did drugs around him, his little buddy Keller, never did around him or the kids. But he was getting fucked up at night. He knew that he was doing something in the evening time. Well, how would they know if they were always asleep when they were with Granger? <laughs> That's true. Just saying. He said he was just getting fucked up in the UFO. So he probably was hotboxing it, actually, Ben. Like, he probably was just smoking weed in there, doing his acid. And, of course, when you're pumping yourself full of 19, late 60s, early 70s acid, readily available and very powerful... Of course you thought you were talking aliens you know that's even if it's true like everyone is just guessing i didn't see anyone say they did acid with him but they all definitely said he was doing acid nobody was like i did acid with granger all the time the danish man apparently did who's the danish man i don't fucking know but apparently it was all over the acid and he was smoking weed i know for a fact he was smoking weed because a lot of people said that a couple people said the acid hmm. what if the danish guy was an alien at, at the beginning and then just kind of like fed him that shit for the oh, years later. So the Danish man was his abuser. No, he was an alien, <laughs> but okay. Uh, <laughs> My brain went there too, but I was like, uh, no, I could, no. Just just tapping on the brakes ever so gently here for a moment. We, we, we have confirmed that the Danish man was a real individual or yeah. no? Yeah, no, his okay. sisters and his All brothers right. were talking about the Danish guy. They just, I don't, I don't think they wanted to give his name because he's innocent in this. They don't want him to know that he was giving kids at, like, he's not a kid. Granger was an adult when he was getting the acid. He just didn't want to be known as, I, I, that's what I think. That's the way I, the impression I get from hearing them talk in that documentary. Okay, sure. Or Got it. Withholding identity on purpose. Okay. Yeah, so there's great, he was giving him acid. He was all fucked on acid. A lot of people think that. So another theory, and this might go along with the acid one, it kind of ties together. But this is kind of a place where I kind of go with this is undiagnosed schizophrenia. Drugs and lack of mental illness help in the 80s in rural communities is probably what happened here, in my opinion. Granger probably had some mental illness. My guess, schizophrenia, mixed it with drugs and sent him off the deep end, got into whatever mindset he got into, thought he was going to go see aliens, went to the fucking mountain and blew himself up with his dynamite thinking he was going to see aliens if he did that or thinking he was going to get caught or that for sure 
that but that wouldn't go with schizophrenia right like that would go with like pedophilia pedophile well okay well yeah like all right i'm not gonna sit here and say all schizophrenics are pedophiles but i'm also not gonna say that every pedophile (laughs) isn't schizophrenic also maybe that's true this brings it into my next theory which is suicide by dynamite kind of goes into this but it doesn't have to be a mental illness side of things uh, many people think this is the case with Granger. Even his brother Joseph thinks this. Many others in the documentary were saying this as well, like some of his friends when they were kids. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this is the prevailing theory. They think that maybe he went up to the mountain thinking he was going to get picked up by the aliens because of all the drug use or because he just was that fucked up, right? And it didn't happen. So Granger happened to have his dynamite in his car that he blew up stumps with. Uh, and instead of having to blow up a stump or anything like that, or the aliens didn't show up, instead of going back and after making a fool of himself all over town going, I'm going to get picked up by aliens, he just, I got nothing left, started one of those sticks of dynamite, blew up the car with himself inside of it, just as, as an escape from reality. The Before Christ coroner declared Granger dead, uh, the BC coroner, with his truck being found with the crater, the bones, even without the DNA, the bones are going to tell some sort of story, plus the LSD usage. Uh, Maybe the dynamite was an accident, thinking it would activate some sort of tractor beam to bring them to their spaceship. Maybe this is, uh, he just had dynamite in his car and a bad weather ran himself off the road and activated the dynamite somehow, like a lightning bolt or something. It was an accident. Or one thing I did see about the dynamite that is interesting is that maybe blew himself up with the dynamite after inventing some sort of and I go inventing some sort of magnet machine that required an explosion to activate. And he killed himself by accident. The aliens explain their propulsion system through telepathy and Granger set off an explosion too fast. There's a device out there called an explosivity pumped flux compression generators that uses high explosive to generate high power electromagnetic pulse by compressing the magnetic flux. Would Granger know how to build one of these fucking generators and with his stupid, beautiful mind and then figure out propulsion? Maybe he thought he built one of those, but I don't even know like if Granger could even, he's got a great education. I get he can fix an engine and stuff like that, but this sounds like high science explosion. Yeah. Did I miss where you said what he does for work? He, f- he fixes, he's a mechanic and he welds. He, okay. he basically restores old shit. That's what he was making his money on, restoring old. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's unemployed. Well, living in his parents' uh, house in a fucking UFO made of tin. Yeah, he's pretty unemployed. Wait, what did he repair for people? Like cars? Cars, big engines, small engines. He, he also, he, like he had projects. That's was his big thing, making that plane, making the car, he'd, making the train. He'd work on whatever he could get their kids to help him with. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he described himself as a guy that restores historical things. Like that's how he, I restore historical vehicles. But I mean, he did three that ever got bought that I could see, but I'm sure he, I know he was fixing heavy machinery too, because he was fixing that, that bulldozer and he was fixing people's cars and he was welding from time to time. So he's odd jobs, stuff like that. I don't know, man. He could have had the time to like build the uh, capacitor. He could have figured it out. He spent uh, years in his little shack looking up alien stuff, uh, looking up UFO Mm. propulsion. I don't know how much literature there is on that. That's not science fiction based, but Hey, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing. If he was in contact with the aliens and they told him how to do it, maybe he could. He he seemed like a smart enough guy with mechanics to do that kind of stuff. Right. An alien savant. It seems so strange. He was fascinated with such old objects and things when he was interested in having sex with such young objects and things. (laughs) 
I do love how David Spade always thinks he's a fucking travel lester. So last one is that he went to space, guys. It's the most likely one. That's why I put it at the end. This is what his mom, his late mother, and his brother Robert think. Keller, his buddy, and a bunch of his little buddies also think that he went to space. Uh, in fact, like the whole town pretty much uses him as an example of going to space. He, he's uh, still a celeb to a point in Duncan, British Columbia, before Christ. Not only because of the work that he did was impressive, because fixing that train and the plane and the car and all that stuff, it's pretty impressive. But I think it's because he was impressive that people believe when he said he was going to space, which is a weird way to think. You can be a genius and crazy. You know what I mean? Like, we're a genius. We shouldn't say genius because Nikola Tesla is not a genius. So Granger Taylor is for sure not a genius. But I mean, you can be smart and fucking dumb at the same time. The CBC sure. documentary, Spaceman, I keep saying that, Spaceman documentary. Uh, when, they, when they're going around just interviewing locals about Granger, asking like, do they think he went to space? Uh, one person I saw, a lot of people were just saying, yeah, for sure. For sure. Why not? One person I said, he said, if there's an alien who wanted to pick someone up and bring them to space, it would have been Granger. I don't know. They're all fucking convinced. That doesn't mean it's true. But Keller, his buddy Keller doesn't buy all this. He died in the mountains blowing himself up evidence. He doesn't think it's it's true. He says, first thing he says is that Keller's Datsun truck wasn't blue. He said that he and his friend a couple weeks before he went up into the mountains, helped Granger paint it Pepto-Bismol pink. So unless it was a fucking pink truck, that wasn't his truck. How could have Grace identified her, his mom identified a shirt after all those years? How could they find the shirt or a truck for that matter if they couldn't find anything but bone fragments? They didn't find any piece of him at all. Uh, Keller maintains that the truck, it exploded on purpose so no one will come find him. That's his, his theories back where Granger said he's going to dispose of the truck. And Granger, according to Keller, wouldn't kill himself. He had too much to live for. He had too many friends in his UFO. He was an explosive expert. He wouldn't have accidentally blown himself up. He knew how to blow up stumps. There's no way he could have blown himself up. So Keller is convinced 100% that his friend went up to space and got to see all the wonders the universe had to offer. Maybe this 42 months is different in space time. Maybe time's different up there. But he'll be back one day, and Keller's just looking up in the sky, waiting for him to come back. And you know what? So am I, because I want to believe. I want Granger to be in space. I don't want him to be mm. molester. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sounds like Stockholm Syndrome from an incredibly traumatized <laughs> victim. Poor guy's folding himself in half to figure out a way for it to make sense, just so his, uh, his first true love can come back. Okay, fine. He might be a molester. I don't know. I didn't look. The guy in the documentary didn't look like he was like drumming up trauma. He looked like he was sad, like legitimately sad. Yeah, I mean, that's a Stockholm syndrome. You know, you believe it. You feel that way. It's just it's being a victim of trauma is incredibly complicated rj who hurt you oh no well uh, <laughs> lots of people i'm sure but uh none of them are alive anymore ben so let's move on fair enough okay ricky what do you think about this guy going to space yeah i call bullshit <laughs> right creepy crazy woods pedophile <laughs> No, I I don't know. I think there's definitely some shady shit going oh, on. Here we go. There's so Another much child molestation defender. I don't I don't know. If it, <laughs> I don't know if it was the drugs caused the child molestation, or the child molestation led him to the drugs. 
Oh. No, I think my issue is I don't know the which came first and, and which drove him where. That's that's the mystery we're solving is how he became a molester. Was it the drug? It's like yeah. the chicken or the egg, just the drugs of the molest? Well, that kind of changes, you know, how you died. Like if you are the drug dealer, you, your death is probably drug related. If you are the child molester, well, you know, one of the parents probably got to him. <laughs> we're all going down to child molester. I feel bad for goddamn Granger. He didn't do anything to anyone. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> goddamn Granger. I'm sorry, Granger. That's not how I wanted this to turn out. But he's going to come suspect. back and beat all our asses. It does look suspect, Granger. Just think about it, though, dude. Like, I'm talking to Granger right now. If you're on a spaceship, you shouldn't have made the cabin. You shouldn't have made the spaceship. You shouldn't have invited all the kids over. It doesn't help your cause. I didn't even think of it that way. But some people might see. Look what happens. I'm sorry, Granger. It's not what I wanted, but this is where we're at. Okay. Next time, like uh, adult supervision, friends with adults, you know, the parents of the kids, not the kids. Well, I would just like to say, Granger, don't worry. Um, even though you are a verified, certifiable child molester, you'll still have pedo apologists like your buddy Kellerman and Richard here. I'm apologizing for back. him I, I i'm trying to help him out here if he's not a molester don't look trying to help him molest kids jesus fucking christ richard <laughs> see you know when we started this podcast i was like he's weird i know that but i'll i'll hear him out okay here we are i know this is just a joke episode and i'm not really trying to be too serious with the whole thing but in reality obviously he's not in space probably just blew himself up in the fucking woods you're trying you're trying to get a straight answer out of me no not a Rick. <laughs> oh, all right. You're talking to me. I was like, pal. <laughs> I already know what your answer is. I know where you're going. It's gonna be a fucking molester where dingo very soon. I can feel it. Why do you say whoa, blow whoa, himself whoa, up? Whoa, 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 whoa. What, is there something I missed there? Yeah, he had a bunch of dynamite. They found a crater in the mountains, and they found a truck that matched his truck. Six or four years after it actually happened, they found this, or six years after. After he disappeared. Oh, six years after six years after the MK Ultra program just stopped, all of a sudden they magically found the proof they needed to be like, oh, this guy just blew himself up out of nowhere. Yeah, no, this dude 100 percent was like being drug tested on. I changed my answer. I mean, he might have also molested people, but <laughs> maybe that's why they chose him. Maybe he wanted to forget some of that shit. I think yeah. that was a lot of the people who, who volunteered for the MK Ultra program. It was like I don't know, like erase my memory or some shit. And this is in Duncan, BC, but uh, I was going to go against it, but they did have a lot of MK Ultra shit going on in Canada too. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past that being a thing, MK Ultra, that he, if not when he blew himself up, but maybe before, like he might have been part of MK Ultra, left the program. Because some people only stayed in, like I listen to a whole crazy podcast about MK Ultra, and they have a bunch of like audio. And some of the guys are losing their shit and they hate their lives. Some of them fucking had a great time. Some of them are like, can I have some more of that? And they stay for a month and then they leave and they go like, where can I get that? And then the CIA was just like selling it to the, you know, like here's a big stack of it. So he could have just been gone to do a drug study for a month, came back with a big handful of fucking acid and been that guy. He could have been the Danish man. You know what I mean? His family didn't want to say the guy's the Danish man's name because it was their brother. He was the fucking acid dealer that could be a fucking thing i I, i'm not going to deny that i'm i like the conspiracy thought in that ricky so that would be a cool code name to have when you're high you just turn into a totally different persona you're like who me no i'm the danish man (laughs) 
did uh, I did about four tabs at 9 a.m. and it's noon now, so we're in full Danish mode. It, honestly, they didn't want to besmirch his name, but uh, his brother just thinks he committed suicide. They like at the end of the documentary, like here, read his su- his note. No, like he starts reading, he's like, I'm not doing this. This is just fucking bullshit. And he gets so mad and leaves. He's like, my yeah. brother just had so many promises. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's your answer then. Uh, so molester because he was experimented on by MK Ultra. Do we go both those? Do we add them both together? Let me hear how you're going to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, sure. So, Ben, this is the answer, I think, as long as they agree with me after I say it. Granger, boring guy, has his life. He doesn't, he's just finished his project, making a plane. He's like, what do I do next? He sees like an ad, like, I come be a lab rat for a month, make a thousand dollars. So he goes, gets dipped into acid, starts doing a bunch of acid, loves his time doing acid for that month. Asked to get more acid. Comes back home. His, he's all fucked up on acid. His parents are like, you got to go move to the, the, the house that's by the lake. Get out of this house. He's like, my name isn't Granger anymore. It's the Danish man. And then he walked his ass down to there. And he got himself a place uh, in this little cabin. He started opening up shop. All the kids start coming by. Hey, kids, you want some acid? Hey, kids, you want some acid? Hey, kids, you want some acid? He's selling all the kids acid. Then he's like, you know what? It would be awesome, kids, if we had a place to hang out and snuggle. And then he builds himself a nice little UFO in his backyard out of two beautiful gigantic looking satellite dishes with some fucking metal around it he gets a nice little couch in there nice romantic wood stove starts to do acid with kids in there come on in come cuddle kids come cuddle one thing leads to another there's uf orifices coming around (laughs) (laughs) kids left right and center all the kids are looking up to him looking down to him looking wherever he tells them they should be looking but they don't know what's going on they think they're on acid and he starts getting trauma about this because he didn't really want to fuck these kids he just wanted to do acid but things things spiraled out of control and he started banging kids then he starts going crazy his brain starts hearing voices being like you shouldn't have fucked the kids like what's that aliens you shouldn't have fucked the kids what's that aliens you shouldn't have fucked the kids how do you make your spaceships and then they go we're gonna make you make the spaceships with magnets and he goes okay come on let's do some more acid kids more acid more acid and he fucking gets a bunch of dynamite drives himself up to the top of the mountain where he thinks that his explosion after doing another four tabs of acid is going to blow him into space with the aliens in reality all he did was mask his trauma with a big ass suicide and he smashed up into bits up in the mountains that's pretty good i will say i really appreciate the piece at the end where you, you brought up the masking of the trauma this is impressive. I mean, that really painted it. I mean, just because of all the kid fucking, I'm not going to say beautiful, but you sure painted an image there. I'm sorry I ranted. <laughs> Do not be sorry for that. I will, I will accept that as the answer. Not only did you perfectly implement all of that, but then you made up for the UF office thing by doubling down on it in the most amazing way you could have. <laughs> UF so, office? Yeah. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> job well done yeah i would say that is a job well done there dicks awesome hey all right you owe us lots of money though Um, (laughs) get in line oh for fuck's sake (laughs) honey 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 i figured out the granger taylor case who gives a fuck about that taylor case i do I just watched Private Dicks and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on! Hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're gonna stick with. 
Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. Thank you.